What's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. Uh, Terrence still out this week, but we have a uh, good show for you today. The news the news is light but substantive, I would say, this week. Yes. Um, we'll also join you guys for the post office later in the show. Uh, Micah, I am surprised a little bit to see... I, I want to hear about Bloodstained, or Bloodstain, as you put it, in the, oh. uh, in the docket. Sorry. Uh, first, before I, I hear about Samurai Showdown, because I'm, I'm much more curious to hear your take on Bloodstained. Um, and which version did you get, too? That's also an important thing to, to want to know. I uh, I got the Switch version. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I kind of wish I had. I kind of wish I got the PS4 version, but uh, with a... I don't know if it's on Xbox, but the the console version, the bigger console version. But if I did, I would never play it. That's my problem. Is I want it. I want it on the Switch, but I was scared off by the reviews that came out that people said it was hot garbage compared to uh, compared to the PS4 version. Then they just say they're going to be putting out fixes over time uh, to improve the performance of the Switch version. But I, I don't feel like giving them money until <laughs> yeah, the, uh, until, until the until improvement they... is there. Yeah, until they do it, because it's and this game is like forty bucks, man. Like it's not. You know, no, yeah, it's not. The, it's it's not a uh, it's not a small uh, <laughs> right a small cost of entry. <laughs> um, you know, uh, bugs and stuttering withstanding. There's I can see why people really like this game. Like it's it is um it is the perfect game to come from the producer of Castlevania, right? Like you, it feels like the next evolution of that type of game. Uh, there's a lot of RPG elements into it. You know, you have, uh, crafting and different, um, different gear, you know, you have a ton of different weapons, um, ranging from, you know, Kung Fu shoes to maces, swords, whips, um, you have a variety of different types of spells that you can use. Uh, you're kind of like, a uh, you can steal moves from enemies and then use them, um, to, uh, at, at your own disposal. Um, the, the core of the game is great. It's just the little stuff that I assume is not in the, in the, uh, the big boy console versions. Um, but I do like it. It's I, I wouldn't necessarily get it on the Switch until all the bugs are kind of ironed out. Yeah, and it really sucks because, like I said, I, I was I was curious to play it, especially after Terrence was so positive about it. Yeah. Um But I just yeah, I want I want a good polished version of the game. I don't want to be annoyed and and have uh you know frame rate dips and yeah. freezes and slowdowns and shit like that to mar yeah. my experience. And that's and that's the thing, right? Like this game is is very much a a precision based game. Um, you know, you have a backstep and you have to use it because you know the the enemies will the enemies hit hard. You and it's just if you want to you know get good at the game, there are certain things that you have to do that involve timing, and uh, it sucks when you know you're thrown off because you know, the game decides it wants to chug. Um, but yeah, the guts of the game are, are really good. And I'm, I'm sure the, the console versions are way better, but not you know, way better, but they, they perform the way it's supposed to perform. So yeah, I, it, it's a perfect switch game though. 
I know that's the thing. Like it, it's <laughs> it, it's it would be it, it is the ideal platform, but of course because the project's been in development for fucking five goddamn years, right? They they couldn't. It's not like they could plan for that from the get go. Like they right. had to they had to add it in late, and it shows, um, which is a bit of a bummer. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait till the fixes come if they can make it into a good version. Uh, I'll probably get it, but I will instead probably pick up Guacamelee Two because I think it's on sale on Switch for like eleven dollars. Yeah, week, you should. So. You should do that. Yeah, you should do that instead. That is a that is a wonderful game. Um, I, I also got uh, Samurai Showdown, and uh, I finally spelled it correctly: S H O D O W N. Always. Oh, there's no it, W. There's no extra. There's no. It's one W in Showdown, not two W's. Oh, <laughs> that's like that's like Showdown then. Right, right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I like that game, man. It, I so in high school we had a, a video game club, and I was in high school in um, in from ninety four to ninety eight, and uh, I would go to the video game club. Because the guy who ran it had a had this new console called the Neo Geo, <laughs> and and um, we would all you know we would want to go because nobody could afford a Neo Geo, right? But he was like a junior, and it was like, oh, you got you got you you must be loaded, right? Because you got a he would have had to be those those things were like six hundred dollars yeah. in nineteen ninety four. Yeah, so so. And he only has Samurai Showdown on it. <laughs> well, I mean, to, be, to be fair, that's all, all there is is Samurai Showdown. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, you have Samurai Showdown and Art of Fighting, and then Art of Fighting 93, Art of Fighting 94, Art of Fighting 95. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's that was my first exposure to Samurai Showdown. And um, and I like it. It's it's a series that doesn't get a lot of love. Uh, well, I, not, not it doesn't on, get not a lot on, of Not on this side of the... Uh, of the world. Yeah, it doesn't get a lot of mainstream attention. There are like six of them. So it gets a lot of love, but yeah, on on this side of the world it doesn't get um it's it's due partly because Samurai Showdown is very classic in that it, there's not a, a high level of execution required. It's more about um it's more about Spacing and reading your opponent, right? Because you know the people were people were flabbergasted that um, you know four heavy attacks can kill you, right? But that's always been Samurai Showdown. Like Samurai Showdown has always had incredibly meaty heavy attacks that that's that take forever to start up. Yeah, it's like a it's like a sword fight basically. Right. <laughs> I mean, who would have thunk it? Right. Right. The sword fighting game is like plays like you're actually sword fighting. Um, but I really enjoy this game, man. It's tense. Um, like I said, the, every, every character has the same like motions. I think the most advanced move is like a half a circle. Um, so it's all about giving you the tools to do what you need to do. And then reading whether you're reading your opponent as to whether or not you can do it. Right. Like you can go in for a heavy attack you can, and then the other person can block it, but you're not quite, you're not quite in the, at the mercy of them if you know what you're doing. And, um, yeah, this game, 
it has so many different types. You can end a round in two moves. Like you can, they have, they have super moves, which, you know, traditionally you would have to build up some sort of gauge and then the super move would be the comeback mechanic. If for whatever reason you're feeling froggy and you just want to blow you, you could blow your super move at any moment, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and, and that super move will take half of your life uh, of the other person's life. But Assuming, assuming you landed. Right. Assuming you landed. If you don't land it, that's it. You wasted it. You can't get it back. Um, they have a, a rage meter that builds up as you take damage. And then you can activate that meter to do um, more damage in your uh, regular attacks. Or you can press the same combination of buttons to activate uh, while you're in that mode to activate a one-time use um secondary super move called like a lightning blade attack which again depending on how much of that gauge you have built up can take like 60 70 percent of your life it's uh but again if you if you blow it that's it you don't get another shot and the rage meter doesn't build back up once you once you burst it like there's a lot of risk reward in this game and if you are like if you want to get into fighting games and but you're you're always scared about, you know, especially these anime fighting games that are so fast paced and 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 you if you can't like you can't follow what's going on. No, I will give Samurai Showdown a shot. Like you can the game is very simple. It it looks beautiful. Uh it it's like a throwback to to uh Street Fighter 4 in terms of art style. And um it's fun, man. It's it's really fun. That's interesting because I didn't I didn't I don't know much about Samurai Shonen because I never really played one. I didn't realize it was so like Yomi focused as yeah. it appears to be, basically. So that's interesting. And it seems yeah. like a nice change of pace. Um we'll talk about that again because in uh when we get to the post office, there's a uh Johnny gave us something that I found interesting. But like I said, we'll uh we'll save it for later. Um nothing new from me. By the way, like I said, since I did not get bloodstained, I've just been playing the same old shit uh, for the past uh, week or so. So we'll move on uh, to new releases. There's only one major new release this week. The new expansion for Final Fantasy XIV comes out. It's called Shadowbringers, of course, on PS4 and PC. Uh, if you are a Final Fantasy XIV fan, chances are you've probably been playing this because yeah. <laughs> early access has been going on all weekend long. Um, and you just had to pre-order it to get early access to it. So you don't need me to tell you that it's available, but just in case if you want to get into final fantasy 14, they have a complete set. You can get now for 60 bucks. Um, interesting. If you want to get into it this late in the game, but yeah, yeah it's, go for it. it's kind of late to be getting into it, but a little bit. you know, a it's a bit. fun game. I, I played final fantasy 14 for a long time, um, which I'm, I'm shocked at, honestly, like I can't, really? I can't Yeah, Well, only because you, you're so freaking like, we like we make fun of you because you buy every game, right? <laughs> but at the same time, you are also frugal that you don't like no, throwing cheap. like 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 yeah yeah. So like you paying fifteen dollars a month um, surprises me. I uh, I played I played Final Fantasy eleven, the first uh, online Final Fantasy, for years, man. Uh, maybe like three or four years, um, and I, I really enjoyed it, and. Um, I played Final Fantasy XIV when Final Fantasy XIV was dog shit. 
<laughs> and and they had to completely overhaul that game because it was so monotonous. It just wasn't fun. And they overhauled the game, and now the game is has been around for I, I don't know how long, but it's been out uh, for five years at this point. Yeah, and I played it for about a year and a half, two years. Then you know life kind of got in the way. And uh, I couldn't justify to my then girlfriend, now wife. Oh yeah, I'm I'm paying to play this video game every month. Like, uh, get out of here! No, no. I mean, it really is like that. And WoW and any other MMO that you pay to play, it really does add up. It's like it does, it's three hundred sixty dollars a year. <laughs> yeah, play. man. And it's not like you could like my warped mind is like if I could just prepay that three hundred some dollars a year, I would do that. And not feel as bad, but because it's coming out $15 every month, I feel like I'm obligated to be on it. And if I don't, you know, get on it, then I feel like I'm wasting money. And that's that's why I've always avoided those games, because I feel like if I'm not sinking in at least like 20 hours of gameplay in that month, then it's a waste. It is. And, and, but you have to manage it, right? Because if you're on there too much, it, it, uh, it starts to feel like a job. That's why I stopped Final Fantasy XI because my Link Shell was like, oh, Link Shell is like the name of a of a group that a group of people, like a guild, and the people in my Link Shell were like, okay, you have to be here, you have to be here at this time so that we can do this, and we need everybody together. I'm like, what the fuck? You better get out of my face, man. I'm a grown ass man. I don't, y'all don't have to tell me to be somewhere and all this and all that. And my Link Shell was West Coast, so they didn't start shit. Until like nine, ten o'clock, and I'm just like, all right, yo, all right. I know you need a paladin, but whatever, yo, I'm, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. It's a, it's a huge commitment, man. But uh, oh, it's now it's down to thirteen bucks a month, which is still way too much money. <laughs> <laughs> it is, man. So uh, wait, thirteen? That's not a discount, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> So anyway, um, Games with Gold and PlayStation Plus are getting new offerings as well. Uh, Pro Evolution Soccer 2019 and Horizon Chase Turbo are free on PlayStation. Uh, Horizon Chase Turbo is like a 90s arcade racer. They say they drew out inspiration from like Top Gear and Rush and, and things of that nature. Um, so that's available for you on PlayStation. Uh, hopefully you got Borderlands while it was still around because, like I said, that's going away now too. Uh, for Xbox... Inside is available for the entire month of July uh, from Playdead Studios. Uh, the second half of the month into um, – actually, no, these are – oh, sorry. First half of July, 1st through 15th, is a game called Big Crown Showdown. Um, and then for the second – for Xbox 360, uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night is available for the first half of the month. And then Meet the Robinsons is available for the second half of the month. Uh, pretty funny that Symphony of the Night <laughs> happens to be free yeah. right after a certain other game <laughs> came out. Very, <laughs> very curious. So if you have a 360 and a gold membership and you've never played the OG uh, Castlevania Metroid-style game, then you can check out Symphony of the Night. So there you go. There you go. Uh Quick news stories, quicker news stories for this week. Uh, this probably deserves more of our attention, but it's uh, second verse, same as the first, is kind of 
is kind of the same um, that I would say. Uh, Call of Duty, Treyarch Studios, uh, the makers of Black Ops 4, is the latest studio to get the Jason Schreier uh, expose treatment uh, that we've seen over the past several weeks. Uh, to, to paraphrase Terrence, uh, somebody's going to kill this nigga. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is, uh, I read this, uh, just a minute ago. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's just, it's more the same and it's, it's sad, man. Like, I, I, I don't know the, um, uh, you know, at the beginning of this thing, it's like, you know, QA testers are the people who like, well, that's, that's the really one really eat shit, right? That's the one. So the, the big difference with this one from some of the other stories that we've seen so far is that this specifically focuses heavily on, on the quality assurance group, uh, the dregs technically of the game development studios out there, um, which is unfortunate for those that don't know QA, uh, is very much an entry level job in the game development industry. You're usually making very close to minimum wage, if not minimum wage, uh, usually working shitty hours. But unfortunately for a lot of people, um, QA is the easiest way to get your foot in the door, yeah. uh, to game development. Uh, but unfortunately these guys end up receiving, uh, kind of the short end of the stick often. Uh, even in this article talking about how they were told that, you know, staff party that they were invited to, they were not to touch the food, yeah. you know, there, like it's, <laughs> I mean, I hate to laugh, yo, but damn, man. Right. <laughs> uh, they talked about how the decision to rip out the single player campaign from the game, uh, was made very early in 2018 when the game was, re- the year the game was released in October of that year. Uh, and because they had to move the game release up a month uh, to get ahead of Red Dead Redemption, uh, it was a lot of hard work that had to be done to get the Blackout Battle Royale mode into the mix. Um, so, yeah, not ideal. You remember, you're a PlayStation guy, but mm-hmm. uh, let's let's test your, your PlayStation fandom. Do you remember a reality TV show? Oh, the, 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 the player or the, the tester, tester or whatever it was called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those poor suckers. They were competing. The premise of the show was a reality-based competition show. And they were competing to become a QA tester. Like, like this was this was their dream job. Just sit around and play video games all day. <laughs> nah, bro. It's not just sitting around playing video games all day. It's sitting around playing broken games all day and night. The same the same <laughs> level. In one right. game for a week, <laughs> like like as I've talked to people that have worked in QA, they're like, "Hey, you like you know you know like take your favorite video game and take like your favorite level in that video game and imagine just playing that level over and over and over <laughs> and over and over again, trying to find bugs and things that'll break the game." And that's what QA is. Imagine it playing sounds horrendous. Imagine playing World One Dash One over and over again. For 70 hours in a week, just to make sure that everything is, is copacetic. Yeah. And, and again, we, we're seeing a lot of the same stuff, you know, not, not forced over time, but encouraged and, you know, things of that nature. Um, and again, Jason Schreier is, is just ex, is exposing all the warts uh, in the game industry. Yeah, man. And he's going to continue to. So, like I said, if you, uh, 
if you're making a game and you're treating your employees like shit, Schreier coming. Better better fucking watch out. <laughs> Is he the Omar of the video game yeah. industry? <laughs> <laughs> um to be to to give the fair side of the story here also, uh Treyarch did respond um to this story. Uh, they talked about how they wanted to make improvements to the studio's work-life balance, um, but it said it would take time and commitment um, and transparency, and you know people should talk openly that work for them. Uh, th- this wasn't uh, – th- they weren't uh, – this is not an email sent out to the public. This is an email that sent out to the staff that got leaked out, of course. Um, and, and, to, and to their credit, to, 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 uh, to Treyarch's credit, uh, Mark Gordon and uh, – who was one of the studio heads of Treyarch did not deny anything. He didn't say it was unfair. He didn't say the story is bullshit or bogus. Like they fucking are owning it. Um, so, so more power to them, I guess, for not uh, running from the story, not pulling an EA, uh, <laughs> as, as we saw with the Anthem story. So I might have to buy this guy's book. <laughs> Blood, sweat and pixels, man. Like it's, it's, uh, this is very like, it's it's incredibly interesting and it to to have a light uh be shown on something that we just take for granted, right? Like mm. like we just plop our sixty bucks down and if we don't like it, we take it right back to GameStop. You know what I mean? Like like a lot of people put in so much work and they're like I played it for a week and there's no more content, bro. What's up, Destiny? I hate you now. Until you come out with something else and then I love you. Like, uh, it's like it, it, you, there, there are people making these things. You know what I mean? I, I think I agree with you in the sense that we should not take it personally. If we don't like a game, especially if it's a game we were excited about, I don't necessarily think that we should like pay it any sort of more homage than we pay any other product. I mean, yeah. every, every product's made by everybody. It is a product at the end of the right. day. You can like it or not like it. I think the vitriol that gets directed um, at developers sometimes is completely unwarranted. Yeah, that that's my point. Like, 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 they, like you know, just because they released a bad game or a game that wasn't up to your standards, it's not like they killed your fucking dog. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and I'm just, and like, it's like little stuff too, right? Like, like that Spider-Man game. Nobody has anything bad to say about the Spider-Man game that uh, that um, the Ratchet and Clank people did, Insomniac did. But when new suits were coming out and being introduced, I, I was I was on the, I was on Insomniac's Twitter, and somebody and they were promoting, "Hey, here's here's a new suit for free. Here you go." And then somebody responded, "All of your suits are trash." Well, yo, what the? F- like, come on, man. Like, like stuff like that is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and they responded. They were like, well, we don't believe our suits are trash. We, you know, and then they, they go on to talk about how, you know, you know, they put thought into what they're doing. And, and then the person was like, oh, I didn't think you would respond. Like, all right, yo. <laughs> all right. All right. Sh- just shut up. Yo. Yeah. So you're taking shots of these fucking, you know. A Twitter account that you're expecting the monolith, you're forgetting that they have a a dude that fucking runs that account, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, just like I said, just just remember it's it's only it, they're only games, and and while we all take them 
very seriously. And look, it's the reason that we're that we're here talking to you. Yeah, it is just a game. It is entertainment. It's supposed to be fun. If you don't like a game, don't take it personally. Um, you know, adjust your buying habits. You know, if you feel cheated by a pre-order or something like that, then maybe say, hey, maybe next time that studio comes out the game, I'm not going to give them my money up front. You're not Micah. You don't. You don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to just throw money at people. Want you know with wanting abandon. Yeah, you're not a real supporter like I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in the least surprising story of the week, uh, I don't. We didn't cover this on the show because it happened during E3 week and got lost in the shuffle. But famous, uh, freakishly tall Twitch streamer Doctor Disrespect, uh, whose real name is Guy Beam, uh, was banned from Twitch. Because he filmed folks at E3 in a private in, in a in a bathroom in a public bathroom, uh, which there were kids in the bathroom that were that were I don't know if they were using facilities or not. Uh, this is not only a violation of Twitch's terms of service; it's a violation of California state law. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're not allowed to film people in the bathroom in most states. Yes, yeah, so he broadcasted live from a bathroom on Twitch. His account was banned on June 11th. Uh, this just a couple of weeks ago, uh, someone posted this story in the fan group and I said, pretend everyone pretend not to be surprised, uh, when this ban is lifted at some point soon because of how much revenue, uh, he brings in Twitch. And sure enough, <laughs> here we are just two weeks after his ban was implemented. Uh, his channel is back on Twitch. Um, I don't know if he's actually broadcast or not yet, but the channel is, is back. Uh, so his chat I, is active. So I didn't, uh, I, you know, I've heard of this guy, but I don't follow his, uh, content. So, so, I, so I was, for, so for those, for those who don't know Dr. Well, I, Disrespect's shtick. I, I noticed that, that he has, uh, trailers announcing his return. He does. He's, he he's hype. He's hyping his comeback. Basically. And, it was hyping his comeback. And he will return, uh, next week. Okay. So, so the, his shtick is like his, the Doctor Disrespect is a character. Um, he's like you know like a bro dog dude basically. Mm -hmm. uh, Doctor Disrespect also famous for leaving Twitch for a couple weeks uh, because his personal life was in shambles because he cheated on his wife, um, and then had to talk about it for some reason on Twitch. Um, but yeah, so yeah, not not surprising. Again, uh, money is the ultimate uh, greaser of morals. Especially in the you know e broadcasting world, Twitch is not about to ignore that money that Doctor Disrespect brings to the platform. So of course his ban was going to get fucking lifted, even though he broke the law using their <laughs> software. Uh, that's the benefit of being a very popular Twitch streamer. Yeah, hey, no kidding. Uh, this guy's name is Herschel. I thought I thought Guy was his actual name. Nope, Guy is a nickname. Hmm. Herschel. Guy be beam beam yeah it's beam the fourth there are three well other I mean Herschel to be beams? to be to be fair if if your if your name in this day and age is Herschel uh you are there's gonna be a numeral at the end of it most likely <laughs> uh, and yeah I was looking at his videos and I was like wow this why why is this guy towering over everybody yeah he's like six, he's like eight. six eight yeah he's he's a really tall fucking dude. All right. So yeah, so there you go. Um, like I said, Doctor Disrespect, not my cup of tea, personally. Uh, uh, but uh, but you know, if you're a fan, I'm sure you're very happy. Yeah, I don't really know this guy's work. Um, so 
But like, if he's if he's popular, I guess, like you said, if if you're happy, uh, I'm happy. As long as he's oh, not, it's not hurting it, anybody. To, to be clear, it's not okay though. Like like if any and if anyone else, if if, if like some non, you know, important channel had done this, they'd probably still be banned. They probably might be banned forever. But again, yeah. that's a lot of ad revenue you're you're letting go that could go to YouTube or could go to Mixer. It's not going to go to Mixer. It could go to YouTube <laughs> if, if you don't bring this guy back. So It took me a minute to realize what Mixer was. I, it's, well, <laughs> I, there's still a lot of people that have no idea. <laughs> so that's fair. Uh, political news. Uh, Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony wrote a joint letter to the Trump administration warning that the looming tariffs that were coming on video game consoles would have a detrimental effect on the video game industry, uh, saying that a 25% tariff would result in U.S. US consumers paying $840 million more for video game consoles, especially in the wake of new hardware coming next year from Sony and Microsoft. Um, According to this letter, uh, the companies warned that 96% of all video game consoles were manufactured in China last year, and reconfiguring their supply chains to dodge the costs and be in compliance with the tariffs would be immeasurably harmful uh, to the video game sector. Now, I don't know if they specifically were a cause of this. I'm sure they were contributing, but the administration did announce during the G20 summit uh, that these tariffs that they were going to implement would be delayed indefinitely. Uh, good news out there for gamers or just people who don't like mindless trade wars happening for no fucking reason. This is this is so weird the times we live in because I, you know sometimes I feel like the president is just a just a a, a dumb old dad who's you know making empty threats. Grandfather. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there you Fo- go. Fo- Fox News grandfather. A uh, Fox News grandfather senile in his old ways and and he's just making threats uh with no intention of of following through or he's making threats and he forgets about them or he makes he makes threats and will follow through like it's like i don't you don't know what you're gonna get and it's really frustrating um look i mean i'm i'm glad that this this tariff thing has been kind of halted for the moment until you know someone in china says something negative about about them and and then oh it's on again i i do actually wonder and we're never going to know but i do actually wonder how much the calculus was in delaying these specific tariffs um the fact that the prices of these new consoles would have been announced right as the 2020 presidential election was heating up and the mm. detrimental effect that that possibly could have had um, on a certain age range of voters, yeah, in turning out for for voting for potential reelection of uh, of this individual, especially in you know the middle to bottom parts of the country, yeah. So yeah, wow, yeah, I didn't think, I didn't think about that like that. Like I said, it, 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 that'd be pretty tough if you know fucking Sony came out on stage during E three next year and was like, hey, PS five is going to cost. $600 and people are like, what the fuck? And they're like, Hey, don't blame us. It was yeah. going to cost five. And then, you know, the Trump administration charges, charge you guys tariffs. So we yeah. had to make it six. I mean, that would be pretty, I mean, I don't think they would go out on stage and do that, but 
Oh, no, Imagine if they not. did. That'd of be fucking not. devastating. So. No, that would be uh, that would be Jason Schreier and Ronan Farrow to, to, to tell you that. <laughs> They're like, hey, this is why your consoles are costing six and seven hundred dollars. Um, yeah, that is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're getting into conspiracy territory, but I kind of like it. It's not you conspiracy I mean? territory. I mean, that's that's something that you know they would have to talk about. No, but I, I mean, do you think, do you think that, do you think that the administration is like, well, maybe we should delay this until, until after these consoles come out, so that I mean, these groups can buy them. You never know. It, like I said, we'll never know the answer to that question. But it just, it's, it's just very interesting that this letter gets filed, and then within a couple of days, all of a sudden we're, we're indefinitely holding back now like so the timing coincided with the fact that you know trump and xi jinping were going to be in the same place at the same time yeah um with the g20 summit but i don't know oh, fucking assholes yeah i know so, <laughs> uh if you guys uh are, are premium members check out actually even if you're not i think both of the debate recaps uh are on the main look forward feed so you can check that out as well uh moving on to sony Jim Ryan, uh, Sony Inter- Interactive Entertainment President and CEO, uh, told the Nihon Keizai Shinbun, which is a Japanese publication, in an interview that the company is considering the acquisition of several game development studios. According to Ryan, uh, with companies such as Google entering the games industry, quote, content is becoming more important than ever before. Companies new to the games industry looking at the market with hope is something we definitely welcome. Um, and he says that Sony Interactive Entertainment has 25 years of experience in the games industry and has big assets. So we are, you know, getting ready to have these new consoles coming out. Google Stadia is doing their best to disrupt the games industry. Microsoft is acquiring small development studios left and right to try to bolster their first party, uh, games development. Are you surprised uh, that Sony is looking possibly to snap up some more studios uh, to bolster an already strong uh, first-party stable. No, not at all. This is uh, the equivalent of of free agency, right? Like they're, <laughs> they're trying to get, uh, they're trying to throw the money at the best people to try and snap them up and lock them down, man. And I mean, I'm not surprised. Um. I, you know, I I don't know how I feel about this because on the one hand, right, like people are working, right? But on the other hand, something's going to suffer. My, my, my concern um, is just based on past history. So Sony has shown a very, the the willingness to be patient with studios. Uh, None needs to look further than Ben Studios with the development of Days Gone um, media molecule with the long development of dreams to show that Sony can be patient. Um, but also Sony does expect results. They have not been shy in the past about closing studios that they own when those studios are making games that don't perform. So it's good on the one hand, like you said, to get stability for some of these game studios, they don't have to go seeking publishers. It's good for Sony because it, you know, makes the PlayStation five look more alluring when they arguably are going to have more competition than ever before coming up in this current console generation. Um, 
I, it's just, it's just, it's just one of those things that you just got to watch out and be careful. I mean, EA is kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of a meme at this point, but you know, EA bought up a lot of studios that don't exist anymore. Yeah. Because EA could not sustain them, uh, for whatever reason. So not to say that Sony would be the same way or Microsoft or any other company for that matter, but, um, I just find it interesting because exclusives and, and we're going to talk about exclusives later in the show as well. Exclusives are gaining a new, a renewed importance, I would say, mm-hmm. in the games industry, especially uh, with the emergence of Stadia. Like, it's one thing for Xbox to be there, but when you have Stadia, which is advertising, you know, console quality experiences on any device anywhere, um, you got to give people a reason to to buy your hardware, especially with new hardware coming down the pipe. Yeah, and I don't think they can. so final quick news story uh summer games done quick was this weekend uh the annual speed running competition with more than 180 completed speed runs um this year they were able to raise over three million dollars uh for doctors without borders their chosen charity of choice uh last year uh, they raised $2.4 million for Prevent Cancer Foundation, uh, so they beat that by over $500,000. Very cool. I enjoy watching games done quick. I'm not one to seek out uh, speedrunners in general, um, but I did watch a bit of this during Twitch. It's it, Speedrunning is such an interesting uh, part of, of gaming that I have no compulsion to even dip my toe into the water of, but I find those folks fascinating i like savants man it's not even savants like just imagine you're just like all right i'm really good at this game i'm gonna practice speed running it and then like you just play that game a lot and try to find glitches and try to find exploits and things of that nature to she and 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 when i'm talking shaving down time i'm talking about a couple of seconds you know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like that. Like that's that's a very interesting kind of corner of the gaming universe. Um all these people took all their QA tester knowledge and just transferred it over to speedrunning, just playing these levels over and over and over again to find to find little little glitches. And I mean and and Carrie can speak to this cuz Carrie only does it with like one game basically, but she kind of does it with Golden Sun. You know what I mean? There's there's no game that I've beaten that much that I would that I'd try to be more efficient in beating it. You know what I mean? I don't I don't find it to be enjoyable. No, no. <laughs> like like I I mean, and you can only do it with a certain type of game. Like I'm looking at this video in here. Are they trying to speed run through a Pokemon game? Like an RPG? Yeah, they were. I mean, that's not the only one. Some of the other games that they did speed runs for, uh the Resident Evil 2 remake um like stuff like that crash insane trilogy tetris effect like i can see it doing i can see you doing that with like platformers right Mm -hmm. well those are the most popular popular genre and i'm very very impressed when um seeing people speed run through a platformer but like an rpg man i want to i want to i want to be engrossed in it man Uh, you know i want to 
I want to experience this. The plat the platform is like, have you ever watched some speedruns of some NES like Castlevania yeah. and things like like they know like which enemies to allow to hit them to to like glitch right. up to a platform and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> right. it, like, and they just stuff, do it. They just do it. Like awesome. it's just on autopilot. So like that's that wild stuff to is me. that stuff is cool, man. Like it, it's it's uh yeah, like that's interesting to watch. I don't want to watch somebody speed through Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, there's there's only one game that I can play with workman like efficiency, and that is uh that is Destiny. <laughs> like when you're when you're when you're like when you've been grinding strikes for a while, like you don't fucking think about what's going on in the strikes. Like you are just moving from one area to the next yeah. and kind of just working on autopilot listening <laughs> to a podcast. <laughs> just trying to get through the damn thing. So <laughs> So very cool. Um, something that you would never, ever go through and speed through is any of the shows on TNP Studios <laughs> premium channel. So don't ever do that. Go to densepixels.com slash premium if you're not a premium member yet. It's only $5 a month or $50 for the entire year. This week is an excellent week to check out if you have not done so yet. Uh, like I mentioned from Look Forward, we have mine and Jay's recap of both of the Democratic debates that happened last week. Mike and I just recorded a brand new episode of The Men with the Golden Tongues that is releasing tomorrow. Um, I do believe that Jay recorded a new episode of No Time to Bleed as well. Nope, that didn't happen. Shucks. Nope, that didn't happen. All right. Well, we're, I know there's one <laughs> in the pipe soon. There's new episodes of the Aryan Grievances coming as well. So, again, densepixels.com slash premium, just $5 a month or $50 for the whole year. If you sign up now, you get access to over 350 hours of premium content, much of it evergreen that you can listen to whenever you want. So, great value there. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to all of the TNP Studio shows on whatever pod, podcatching app you use to listen to podcasts. Uh, that includes us, the Nerdpocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, and coming distractions. So check out all those great shows. And of course, go to youtube.com slash dense pixels. If you're not subscribed, click the red subscribe button. We release this podcast in video form every week. If I ever do live streaming, it's on the dense pixels, YouTube channel. There's a few other things on there as well that you can check out. So again, youtube.com slash dense pixels. So this week, uh, we only have one big topic. Uh, I brought it to the table. I wanted to talk about Tim Sweeney, uh, the CEO of Epic Games, and he went on Twitter, and he had a, a multi-tweet thread uh, kind of addressing the backlash that the Epic Game Store is getting from some PC players. And basically, Tim Sweeney is saying that, and I'm going to quote him here, uh, we believe exclusives are the only strategy that will change the 70-30 status quo at a large enough scale to permanently affect the entire game industry. The 30% store tax usually exceeds the entire profits of the developer who built the game that's sold. This is a disastrous situation for developers and publishers alike, so I believe the strategy of exclusives is proportionate to the problem. If the Epic strategy either succeeds in building a second major storefront for PC games with an 88-12 revenue split, or even just leads other stores to significantly improve their terms, the result will be a major wave of reinvestment in the game development and lowering of costs. Um, he says he sees the exclusives routes as disruptive, but the ultimate question is whether or not this solution is proportionate to the problems developers are facing with the current profit splits that most storefronts are offering. Now, obviously, Epic, the, the amount of exclusives that Epic is signing, and there is a lot, uh, has been a source of some controversy. But I don't think Tim Sweeney is necessarily wrong here. 
Um, the thing that never gets talked about in this is Steam had sort of a de facto monopoly on the PC gaming space. There are other platforms that offer PC games, and yeah, EA has their own store that offers their games. Ubisoft had their own store that offers their games. But in terms of just a general PC store, Steam didn't have a true monopoly, but for all intents and purposes, they were it. And when you have that much power and sway and influence, you get to dictate terms. And people, you know, 70-30 split was fine because Steam was the only game in town, really. You know what I mean? So you just you just took that. You didn't question it because there was no uh, you know other avenue to turn to. And I commend Epic Games for trying to give more monies back to the developer. And again, Tim Sweeney, I don't think is doing this truly out of sheer benevolence. No, he's Epic not. Epic wants being, to make money, right? He's not being altruistic. I mean, like like let's let's you know, no matter what he says, let's put the kibosh on that right now. Like he he wants to make money, and that's what that's what is frustrating about this whole thing it's like yeah i know you're right but hearing you say it i don't believe you like i like something's not right like you're not good well to be fair tim sweeney's a guy who bought i think 1500 acres of forested land in north carolina Mm -hmm. where epic is is housed is, is located uh, to to ensure that there was a patch, you know, of land near them that was being that would not be subject to development, mm-hmm. um, as the areas around them were, were subject to more urban development. Mm-hmm. So, Tim Sweeney might be like a good dude in general. He might be. Look, I I I, I know we're cynics. I know we're I know we're raised not to believe these things. Uh, look, I I have I have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because he hasn't said anything that's not incorrect. And he seems to be, like, his logic is sound. Like, I just, it, it's just hard for me to believe that. You know what I mean? Like, and look, I'm not saying it's on him. I'm saying I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'm choosing to be uh, this cynical. But, I mean, he's right. Now, what is fair? Because so, so the big the big arguments from a lot of PC folks um, are that the Epic Store is not as fully featured as Steam. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of stuff that's missing, a lot of quality of life features that Steam has uh, that Epic the Epic Store has not got yet. And I totally understand that. What I, what I find confusing, and I said this on the show before, and I'll say it again, is if you're upset at Epic for offering exclusive or, or for, for, for getting all these exclusives and you don't want to have to support their store because you like steam. The solution is not to yell at Epic, right? It's to yell at steam, <laughs> right? Steam, steam is allowing this to happen by sticking with this 70, 30 split. Now I read somewhere, um, that steam said they're going to move to a more generous revenue sharing platform. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, and I don't think Epic's going to relent on this until it is true. And I also will agree with folks out there, there there are a lot of folks that are pissed off about some Kickstarter games who promised they would be on Steam, got their money, and then eventually, once the Epic Store came along, they said, oh, we're going to sign Epic exclusivity. I, I, I understand that a little bit more because the Kickstarter campaign, they advertised Steam compatibility. Right. And then and now they're not going to do that. Um. But at the same time, like, 
you can't bitch and moan when a game is not available on the platform that you want. And then out of the other side of your mouth, talk about how you wish developers were, were better taken care of. <laughs> yeah, those man. two those two things don't right right now exclusives are helping developers keep more profits which especially smaller developers are probably reinvesting into development right which is good for you the gamer so if you want these this you know exclu- the these cavalcade of exclusives to stop i totally get that but yell at valve valve is the one that's that's potentially keeping this from happening and again it's essentially extortion when you really think about it. <laughs> like when you really boil it down, like Epic is basically just extorting Valve at this point by using, you know, game developers as a hostage of sorts. Yeah. But they're but, doing it for you. But it's effective. Yeah, man. You can you can, <laughs> you you can hate the game, but don't hate the player. And and guess what? Guess what? Just open another launcher. It's it's more than just that, you know. It, is it's, it? it's it it is. It's friends lists and it's you know party chat features and things that. And again, I, I've I in learning more about this, I've I've heard from folks and and there again, there are quality of life features that Steam has. The benefit of being a marketplace platform for over a decade, right? Like it's st- like these aren't features that Steam had at launch, by the way. Like it takes time <laughs> to develop this stuff. And again, like when Epic released, they were they had it what what's called in the business world an MVP, a minimum viable product. Mm-hmm. And you'll worry about the rest later, but launch now to start getting the money rolling in. Every company does it. Yeah, I just I, I feel no I have no sympathy for for PC people, man. I, I really don't. Uh console players have who console people who own multiple consoles have multiple friends list and they have different ways of interacting with those people. And I, I just look, maybe this is, uh, I know and, this and, is a and, very and also, me and, thing. And, and also to be fair, and, and this isn't the same thing because we're talking third party exclusives here, but no one's upset that gears of war is not on PlayStation. Right. Nobody, nobody's bitching like, Oh, this is bullshit. Microsoft. Like, release Gears of War on PlayStation, because I want to play it on my platform. <laughs> and again, it's it's not exactly a direct comparison, because Epic is getting third-party exclusives. There's no reason these games couldn't publish on Steam. Right. But y'all y'all are just getting a taste of what we've been dealing with yeah. for 20-plus years. Yeah, so maybe that's why I'm just a little more flippant about it. But, <laughs> uh, I, you know, <laughs> get over it. <laughs> And again, and, and now, like I said, I hope I hope Tim Sweeney does mean what he says. Like I, I hope that if Epic or if Steam does, you know, relent on this, that they'll stop. Um, otherwise, he, he'll just look like a greedy bitch. But I hope he know. doesn't. I, I hope it's a <laughs> swerve, and I hope Tim Sweeney is the Mister McMahon of the video game world, right? Like just the just the biggest villain there is. You know what I mean? Then he could get up there and be like, you know, if Valve wants to make more money in their game store, they could make their own PC games. <laughs> but, but perhaps. <laughs> but hey, man, you know, if, like you said, if this guy is genuine, that's fine. And I, I just, I can't trust his face, but I can't trust his face from like a, from like a personal thing. Cause I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of, uh, I'm a fan of killing Eve 
and one of the big villains in season two of Killing Eve looks just like Tim Sweeney. And that guy was that guy was a prick. Here's a uh, here's another quote from from the tweet storm from uh, Tim Sweeney on this. He said, quote, we believe that there's no set of features which Epic or any other store could add that would be so revolutionary as to lead to a large scale move of gamers from a dominant storefront to a new one. We believe the lock-in effect of having a large library of games on a dominant storefront is more powerful than features, and hence a dominant store can only be challenged through exclusives. So that's why that's why they're doing it. I mean, you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but you also make Fortnite, so I can't fucking like ah. Well, see, and, and that and that's why I also think that it really that's another reason why I think that it isn't truly all about the money. For Epic, because they have that cash cow that shows no signs of drying up anytime soon. Yeah. Like, I, I look, that says a lot about this industry that we are so beaten down that someone is actually trying to do something good for us consumers and we won't have it. Or for developers, really. It really, yeah. really this is best for developers. I will, I will say that. Forcing people onto a marketplace and a and a game launcher that is less fully featured is somewhat against the consumer's interest. I I will I will acquiesce to to that yeah, point yeah, in, 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 in a slight regard in a slight regard. Yeah, I misspoke. I meant developers, especially when you know you have all these stories every month. Jason Schreier is coming out with, "Hey guys, guess what? This video game company's fucked up too." <laughs> and you have this company that's like, but it, but again, it's 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 hilarious because the same people, and and we know the same people. Some of us are referring to the same people are fucking pounding their fists uh, yeah. on the table and talking about the fucking how evil the AAA games <laughs> industry is, <laughs> right? But at the same time, getting pissed off at Epic for trying to take care of developers more. Yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> So, again, it's uh, and again, I understand the points, but and again, the Epic Store will get better over time. Of course, it a will. lot of these games are not full on exclusives; they're timed exclusives, which you know I understand is kind of a bullshit argument. You know, if you want to play Borderlands three at launch, you're not going to wait six months just to play it on Steam. So, yeah. but we'll see. Um, but again, yeah, I, I think you, hit, I think your point might be a good one there, and, and you say we're so, we're just so beaten down that you know someone's trying to be somewhat more altruistic and we're just yeah. like no no there's no way <laughs> can't he's believe evil. It. he's evil <laughs> how dare you make me have two launchers on my pc too <laughs> so but we'll see and again epic also makes a fuck ton of money from unreal as well so again i i don't think the epic store we need to worry about them propping up epic games yeah at this point they're just doing i mean fuck they're doing it because they can yeah so like I said, give uh, give your money to people that deserve your money, like us, there so you that go. you can go you can go densepixels.com slash Amazon whenever you buy anything on Amazon.com. Look, Prime Day is coming soon. It's like two weeks away. Yes, never mind that expose that John Oliver. No, just don't did. Uh, w- <laughs> look at that after Prime Day, and then fe- and then <laughs> ha- and then have you know ha- have have uh, have consumer guilt afterwards. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a pretty terrible expose, as as his always tend to be. <laughs> but look, if you're going to spend money on Amazon anyway, and we all know you are, 
Make sure you do it at densepixels.com slash Amazon. You'll pay the same low Amazon Prime Day prices that is making 70-year-old men run across a two-mile long <laughs> warehouse 800 times a day. But uh, you'll get some of that money to us instead of Jeff Bezos' uh, rich pockets. Yeah. He doesn't need to build a rocket ship. He <laughs> wants look, to. That looks like a penis. Yeah. <laughs> it has but a you, head. <laughs> you'd much rather we have that money. So again, yes. densepixels.com slash Amazon. Uh, we turn to you, the listeners, uh, in the Dense Pixels post office uh, to give us some questions to answer on the show this week. Uh, I will answer. I will a- it's get Cam in here. He asked this last week. We did not answer it, but we'll answer it this week. Uh, first, did you guys check out AEW's Fighter Fest? Uh, no. If so, do you think WWE would be wise to let Xavier Woods plan an up, up, down, down fest with gaming and WWE talent doing matches? Um, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't, uh, recorded and I will watch it this weekend. Um, would WWE be wise? Well, first of all, no, they wouldn't do it. Um, No, not ever. No, not ever. But would WWE be wise to let him plan an up, up, down, down fest? Quite frankly, I'm, I'm shocked that they let their talent onto his personal YouTube. That is also true. Like that, like the fact that that channel is able to thrive. Right. In the level that it does, right, uh, is incredible in the first place. Be happy for what you get. No, there's no way that WWE would ever plan a event around his channel. No, because um, what 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 real benefit would WWE have to do that? None. And the only reason he has that channel and has those and has you know WWE commodities on it is because he moves merch. If the New Day for some reason just stop selling and aren't over anymore. I don't think you'll get uh as much WWE interaction as you will with uh as they have it right now. Well, I think I think it's become enough of a force at this point. I think he's proved that he is very good at engaging that side of the WWE fan base. You know what I mean? Sure, like through YouTube yeah. and things of that nature. But do you think WWE would let its resources as WWE Branded superstars go over there and well, and so y- you'll notice they're very clever about that because they don't, they often don't like he makes everyone that come on that show come up with like a little, like a little personal nickname for themselves, and that's usually oh, how they're okay. referred to. Oh. So, like, it, it's it, it's it's not like in your face WWE talent, you know what I mean? It's oh, more okay. of like it's part of the up, up, down, down family. Okay, I, look. I'll be honest, I I haven't watched any of uh, up up down. Oh, down. it's some some of it is very good. By oh, the okay. way, um, <laughs> there, there there's some good shit on there for sure. Uh, he, he has a, he has a uh, up up down down championship belt also that oh, gets geez. passed around. <laughs> Does it look um, better than the twenty four seven belt? Uh, it looks fucking wild, is what the up up down down championship uh, looks like. Yeah, You'll have to check that stuff. shit out. <laughs> And it's a legit belt too, for to the shock of nobody. Um, now, Fighter Fest, I wanted to talk about a little bit. So I obviously have not watched the event. Um, I caught the Cliff Notes version on the internet. <sighs> so, unprotected chair shots aren't cool, guys. No, they're not cool at all. <laughs> um, don't do that in 2019. We know, and and so, and allegedly, the chair was supposed to be gimmicked, and and it wasn't supposed to go as bad as it did. But why would you even? 
take the chance? Like, what what does a chair shot to the back of Cody Rhodes' head accomplish that a chair shot to his back blindsided would not have accomplished? Right. <laughs> from from a story standpoint, why would you do that? I mean, why Jesus would you do Christ, that, dude? Like when, like, like when, like I'll watch old, you know, Attitude Era shit where dudes were taking unprotected chair shots like crazy, but it's very uncomfortable when you do watch that stuff because we know too much now. We know too much about concussion science and and what has happened to the long term health of a lot of those guys who, you know, during that era and the Chris Benoit incident and and things of that nature. Why would you? Why would you take such a reckless and needless chance? Just to, just to build a feud between guys in this day and age. Yeah, this is uh, like I want that company to do well, but when I I when I hear stuff like that, I'm just like yo, this is literally WCW all over again. Right, and then and also on that card was a you know fucking basically a death match with John Moxley and Joey Janela, and it's again it's just not that that shit is, that stuff has had its day. I feel like, and yeah, that there's that's part of the wrestling industry that I don't really need to see brought back, honestly. Yeah, that's like that's like combat zone wrestling. Like that's not, you know, that, that's that's not wrestling, yo. That's 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 just that's just it's it's, it's, a, it's a stunt show. It's I went jackass. Back, I went to, uh, t- um, I guess fruitfully, Time Limit Draw re-released their. Um, King of the Ring 98 episode, of course, King of the Ring 98, the famous uh, Undertaker versus Mankind Hell in a Cell matchup. Yeah. And again, that that's not a wrestling match. That's a stunt spectacular that Mick Foley died for all of our sins to, <laughs> to bring you, basically. Um, I don't need to see that shit anymore, man. Like, yeah. I just don't. Um, so again, you want to have a cool, you know, modern wrestling company where we're going to do all this cool shit, but yet everything they've done of note is going back to like some attitude era nonsense that is in a, that it frankly is in a bygone era unless you're some podunk, you know, indie fucking wrestling outfit that operates in a, you know, bingo hall somewhere. Right. That, so. that screams of, um, of that, that kid who is, who talks to like a, a, a microwave and then takes his shirt off and says, fuck this shit. Like, that's what I think of. <laughs> When I when I see when I hear stuff like that, man, like and and again, on, like bro. John Moxley, like you really need to leave WWE so you could wrestle in more matches like that. <laughs> really, all right. <laughs> Do you, man? Do I you. guess. Look, so. I understand you're not happy. You weren't happy there, but Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> like, I mean, tongue in cheek, but he literally warned his wife. Maybe she doesn't want to watch this match. Like, gonna be at this event. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, so, fantastic. Um, Gustavo says, are people looking down on Microsoft because of the lack of exclusive games now, even though they have the best features and have 13 first-party studios for the next Xbox? Um, I don't think people are looking down on Microsoft anymore. I think we're all kind of on the cusp of anticipating a new console generation. Here's the thing, though. 13 exclusive, you know, 13 new first-party studios for the next Xbox. That's great. Um, we are a show me industry though. At this point, it's fantastic that you have all these exclusive studios, uh, with the promise of things that could come from them. I don't, I'm not here for promises though. I'm not here for, to, for, for you to get me hype. I'm here for you to show me games. And so far 
the stable of games that have come from Microsoft in this console generation have not been great. Or they've or the ones that have been great have been too few and far between. So we are more optimistic about Xbox going into the next console generation, but I need to see your games first. Like they got on stage and and talked about, you know, that we saw the first one from Ninja Theory that was coming, but it just a glimpse. Um, you know, we heard promises of things to come, but those games are still a ways away. Yeah. So we'll see. And 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 to be and to be clear, the only features that I care about on from your first party console probably are those exclusives because for the hardware is going to be pretty damn close um, to both, just as it is now with the Xbox One X and PS4. And I know that if folks that are big Xbox fans, well, technically it's got more teraflops and and liquid coin. I I, I get that, but the actual like experience that I have, I don't. I'm not seeing all that in real time. You know what I mean? As long as the PS4 Pro works well, which it does, that's all I really care about. Yeah, it's one thing to um like like have a Ferrari engine, but if you're only going 60 miles an hour, what's the point? Like I, everything you said, I I am 100% in agreement with. And I don't think you'll see the fruits of those labors um until we are two or three years into the next generation. Um, you'll see games come out, obviously, but I don't think the investment will be worth it until a couple years into the next generation, uh, which is fine. But, um, yeah, like you said, uh, the the past is the, like this generation is about to be the past, and it's about the reset for me. Expectations are about the reset for me. My expectations for the Xbox One were higher than they were for the PS4 at the beginning of this generation. And, um, you know, I bought into all that. I bought into all, to all that bullshit about the Xbox being your, you know, entertainment hub. And it's the one box that you're going to need, you know, on your, on your counter. Uh, I bought into all that crap and it was crap. Like I tried to justify it. Oh, but I can watch TV and play games at the same time. Yeah, I've been doing I, that. I can control my TV with my voice. Right. Like, and then I never did it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this E3, Phil Spencer came up and he was like, hey guys, we heard you. You just want your video game system to play video games. So we're going to listen. And, um. Yeah, all you have to do is look at an MPD fucking sales <laughs> report to, to, to get that, Phil. <laughs> But no, I'm, I'm more than every console generation. Um, everything just resets for me. I'm not like so hardcore into one that I'm, that I'm trying to justify this purchase over another purchase. I'll just buy them all and, and, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Brian, he asks what our favorite of the mostly terrible video games based off of movies uh, are and we've gotten this question before. Um, usually, the X Men Origins video game comes up. The few, the 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 only example that was the game was better than the movie. Um, I can't think of any other games based off of movies that I actually enjoyed. Yeah, and the only reason X Men Origins uh, Wolverine was uh, good is because it was a Wolverine game first, and then Fox was like, "Whoa, you're making a Wolverine game? We got this Wolverine movie coming out. Let's just throw our branding on it." And which, which is why it had absolutely nothing to do with the movie. Right. Um, but the second question is, do you think that the genre of video game 
uh, of, of games based on movies will ever have a resurgence with the amount of quality TV shows and movies out now. Um, no, but there's a reason why. And it's not because those games didn't sell well or they're not quality. It's because game studios aren't designed to work that way anymore. The reason that those games tended to be shit is because those studios were working with very specific time constraints because, of course, you had to get the game out around the same time as the movie came out. Right. So you ended up getting a rushed product uh, with lots of crunch, probably, I'm sure, to get the product out the door uh, that just isn't fathomable um, in this day and age. I think instead what you're going to get is you're going to get a lot of movie and TV show adjacent games that we're already seeing. Uh, look at Marvel's Spider-Man from Insomniac. Look at the new Avengers game that's coming out that aren't based off of those properties. But because those properties are very popular within the zeitgeist, you will see games based around them, essentially. Do you think the, video, the genre of video games will ever have a resurgence uh, I didn't really understand the question. I, he, he's, he's saying, will movie video, like games based on movies and TV shows have a resurgence like they did during the 360 PS3. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, no, probably not. The way, um, I, they're two very different mediums. And um, television is a passive experience about telling a, uh, a, a, a story whereas video games are a little more complex than that and most video games tend to put gameplay over storytelling um, it, yeah it's just so I don't really see I don't really see a lot of and I'm trying to think of properties that you can like convert you know to make a video game I can't really think of anything off the top of my head but maybe it's just the stuff that I watch. Yeah. Um, I'll give you another one. The Quantum of Solace game that came out during Oof. the 360 PS3 generation. Yeah. Was actually pretty good. Did you ever play that? No, I didn't. It was a, de it was a decent uh, third-person cover-based shooter. I think the last James Bond game I played was um, from Russia. What, what came oh, out I after that. that? From Russia with Love or... Uh, Ro I think Rogue Asian came after that, yeah. Okay. I, I enjoy From Russia With Love, but partly because I enjoy From Russia With Love. And um, and then the one before that was Everything or Nothing. Remember that shit? <laughs> yeah, well, sadly, I do. <laughs> so, um, so Johnny says, Johnny posted the Evo 2019 registration scoreboard. Uh, so basically a ranking of the highest registration counts for the games that are going to be featured in Evo. Uh, number one, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which I'm not that surprised about considering that they got rid of two Smash Brothers games. They're probably converging the community into that one game, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, second is Tekken 7. I'm a little bit surprised to see that over Street Fighter 5, which is third, but I guess Johnny okay. made the point to me that, yeah, as Johnny said to me, like Street Fighter 5 in admittedly has been stagnating yeah. for the past year. Tekken has not been. Right. Um, so that's, that's understandable. Uh, Samurai Showdown fourth, Micah. I'm telling you, man, it's a fun game, and it's a it's a really like it's not a the Samurai Showdown is a game that you have to play to appreciate. I don't know how well it's going to translate. Just kind of looking at it, 
you know, watching people play it because it's not fast paced and not combo heavy and not like super duper flashy, but it's a fun game to play, man. So fifth is Mortal Kombat 11. Sixth is Undernight Inbirth, a game that Terrence has been playing a little bit of that had a small showing at E3 last year. Uh, we will skip seventh for right now because I want to come back to it. Uh, eighth is Soul Calibur Six. Ninth is Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. So if we circle back up to seventh, the game that I omit- omitted that is below Undernight Inbirth is Dragon Ball Fighters. The game that was going to take Evo by storm, remember? <laughs> remember last year, people were like, well, I think it's going to knock out Street Fighter. It's the top game at Evo. <laughs> Turns out when uh, your parent company is pretty restrictive on how your game is featured at tournaments, it's going to have a detrimental effect Look at on, that. Your, uh, on your player base. Look at that. Shocking. Shocking. It is, so, man. Like that's real. That's really low, man. Like I said, I I told you. <laughs> I told all of you. <laughs> Flash in the pan. Didn't know if it was going to have the sustained player base, the sustained community. Now, to be fair, outside forces impacted that. Their parent company fucked up hardcore. <laughs> that I didn't foresee coming. But uh, I'm just saying. Just saying. Hey. So, uh, props to you. Evo, of course, at the end of July. I'm sure we'll talk about it on the show. Uh, finally, Leopoldo asks a question uh, that I'm sure we've answered before, but probably not in a while. Uh, any other classics that you'd like to see updated or remastered? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say specifically given the Final Fantasy VII remake treatment. That's how we're going to frame this question. Not just a <laughs> simple remaster or an up-resing or anything like that. Given the ground-up uh, retreatment. He mentions Final Fantasy VI and Excite Bite. I know mine. I want to see Metal Gear Solid made in the MGS five, the Fox Engine, which we'll never see. No, because we'll of never how see. because of how you know where, where Konami's at right now. But wouldn't that be delightful to that see the original would. Metal Gear Solid uh, done up in that style? I mean, I thought the Twin Snakes was amazing at the time. It still is amazing. I yeah. love that game. But imagine it with Metal Gear Solid Five controls and graphics and gameplay and things of that nature. Yeah, just not the Metal Gear Solid, Solid Five Snake voice acting. No, no, keep David Hayter around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I don't. Um, I don't look back. I mean, I look back fondly on games, but. Um, there I can't think of anything that's um that's coming out at me that I that I used to love to play as a child cuz I liked everything um yeah and everything that everything that I would have wanted to play has again kind of has already been remastered right like or there's just so there's so many of them that it's just like what's the point, right? Like, like a really badass Metroid game would be nice, but they already did that a number of times, and then they did it. Uh, they let Team Ninja do it, and then they killed Samus for me forever because they took you know 
forever. You're not going to play Prime Four when it comes out. Probably not. Really? Yeah, probably huh. not. They they killed they they murdered her. They murdered her for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I mean I I hate to I hate to cop out, but uh, I'm going to steal your Final Fantasy VI answer, Leopoldo. Um, I would also not mind seeing Earthbound done up. Um, with the same level of grandiose that they seem to be pulling out for, like Pokemon Sword and Shield, I never that would played. Be pretty uh, incredible. Never played Earthbound. It is an acquired taste of a game. Um, I think that it is properly rated. Like a lot of folks say, it's underrated. I don't think that's true. It's not a game that was ever going to have mass market appeal. But if you like Earthbound, like if that sense of humor um, is up your alley, it's very quirky. Uh, I really liked it. It had a really cool mechanic that I've never, ever seen in any other game where your hit points and your magic points were on, like, a ticker. Like, you know, like, old school alarm clocks like yeah. that, that had the little flat thing? So it was like that. So, like, when you when you took a mortal blow, um, they would start rolling down. But if you could somehow have one of your party members, like, heal you before the counter hit zero, you could, like, stave it off. If that makes sense, like things of that nature were kind of neat. Um, they gave you a little bit of personal, a little bit of personal touches in the game because you could name not only your character, but they would they asked you to begin the game to name your favorite thing, and the name of that thing was like your character's like ultimate magic power, basically. Oh, wow. in the game, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, really fun fucking game though. Earthbound. If you haven't played Earthbound, if you have a SNES Classic or just have a way, or if you have a Wii U, um. Maybe give it a shot. I'll give it a shot just so I can name my special move plate of lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys very much for your questions again. Um, and again, if you are not in our fan group, densepixels.com slash fans, you might be saying, wait, I didn't see them ask for questions. Well, it's because we do it in there. You have to join up and hop in there. So again, densepixels.com slash fans to join our awesome fan group on Facebook. Uh, don't forget again to subscribe to our show and all of the other TNP Studio shows on whatever app that you use to listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash densepixels. Again, uh, you can follow me there for live streaming when I do it. Terrence is on Twitch. He is Apparition410. Carrie is up. It's Carrie. And that is it for us this week. Thank you all very much for watching and listening, and we will see you the next time. See ya. <laughs>